0: All right, all right. Good evening. It is Across the Tracks. It's Across the Tracks. I'm Steve.
1: Hey, and I'm Wayne, back for another fun-filled episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. Two guys from small-town America, Etown, Kentucky to be specific, sharing our views on, uh, you know, interest uh, stories that are, are of our interest to us, and we sometimes throw in a little small-town flair with it. So, great to be here again.
0: Good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> all right, all right. We got a, a couple of um, of uh, topics here tonight. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, let's start with um, how about let's start with an uh, anniversary. How's that? How
1: about that? Yeah.
0: Anniversary. Um, Fifty years ago, uh, this past week or weekend. Was the um, the launch of Apollo 13? Yes. And with Apollo 13, there was some drama that that the world was uh, following for for those those days in which it was involved.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, So
0: Wayne, what do you, what do you, let's kick, let's, let's kick it to you and see what you remember from back in the day. 50 years ago,
1: man. 50 years ago. That sounds like such a long time. So (laughs) 50 years ago, that would have been 1970. So 1970, uh, I was 13 years old and, um, you know, I, I this particular flight, um, I don't remember the exact things about it, even though it was on the news. And back then, you know, astronauts being launched into, into, you know, lift, you know, taking off, going into space. It was huge because everybody watched it and everybody was glued to their TV sets. Because, as you say, there were some drama. This particular Apollo mission was supposed to um, be a moon landing uh, mission uh, led by Jim Lovell. He was the captain, um, the commander of this particular Apollo mission, and they were supposed to uh, be the the second crew to walk on the moon uh, after Neil Armstrong. And uh, in the event, in the uh, um, the aspect of this particular flight, they developed some mechanical failures, uh, that pretty much nixed their moon landing uh, opportunity. And then it was all the drama because uh, that particular mishap um, caused uh, a lot of uncertainty as to whether or not the astronauts are going to be able to make it back to the Earth and you know, whether or not the heat shield stood up from all the damage that the uh, the spacecraft took. And so I remember, you know, that popping in on the news he uh, was either Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. or, uh, or uh, Huntley and Brinkley breaking in to talk about what was going on. I remember that. And then, um, you know, it was just it, it is one of those things, man, that for a brief, you know, moment in time, it brought the country together uh, because everybody was praying for the astronauts, uh, hoping that they were going to make it back safely to the Earth. Uh, and eventually they did. But again, as we, you know, growing up, I know at Valley View, when there, was a, when there was a rocket launch and astronauts taking off, that was part of our civics lessons. You know, mm-hmm. we learned, we sat and watched it and uh, we, we learned, you know, how important, uh, you know, the race to space was because President Kennedy said, you know, we, our goal is to put a man on the moon uh, before the end of, of, of the decade. Uh, at the time and and he achieved that we achieved that and so it was always for a rocket launch it was even bigger when they came back and you watched the splash down into the ocean and the navy picking these guys up it was right. huge. it was right. huge so that's that's what i remember and uh this particular event uh, was made into a major motion picture. Uh, Tom Hanks played Jim Lovell, and uh, Apollo 13. I actually watched it last weekend just to commemorate the anniversary, and I could watch that movie, you know, time and time again because it's it's a fantastic movie to watch. So, how about yourself? What what, what were your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, piece? it's it's uh, growing up as we did in E Town or back in the '60s. You know, we only had three. Television stations and not very many radio stations, and since uh, going into space was such a new phenomenon, that everybody watched it. We remember growing up hearing sonic booms all the time.
1: Yep.
0: And if it wasn't from the tanks over at Fort Knox, you could it, we could distinguish between a tank, the tanks at Fort Knox in a sonic boom by some aircraft. So anytime that a uh, spaceship went up, we always watched it. It was was like it was on TV. Uh, We watched every one of them. And I can remember watching uh, Alan Shepard. I can remember watching Virgil uh, Grissom. I can remember all those guys. And also remember, you know, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon and and so on. The thing that was unique about Apollo 13, as you mentioned earlier, is that, you know, once they uh, lifted off and got into space, there was an explosion in one of their oxygen tanks. And so it actually damaged the spacecraft. And they didn't know if they were going to have a chance to make it back to the earth because there was no rescue at that time. There was no um, aircraft that could go up there and get them. So they would be lost like the old like the old television series that should be in. They would be lost in space. Yeah. And so um, not only did we watch it in the United States, but people watched it around the world.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because it was a world phenomenon that these astronauts um, says Jim Lovell, uh, Fred Hayes and Jack Swigert, I think it was. Those those were the three guys that were there. And so since they lost, they were losing oxygen. They had to figure out how and they were on their way to the moon. They had to figure out how to make it back to the, um, the planet, you know, back to Earth and survive. Yep. So I remember them being able to uh, use the moon's gravitational pull to slingshot them back to the Earth. And, you know, once again, we didn't know what was going to happen when they entered the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, there was no heat. For the, I think it was a four-day trip to the moon and back. If I remember correctly, something like that. Yep. So they didn't have any. They didn't have any heat, and they didn't have. Uh, they were losing oxygen, so NASA had to uh, jury rig a way that they could get filters because they were actually starting to um, breathe their own. Egg, uh, not their own exhaust, but they were becoming, uh, breathing their own carbon dioxide. Right,
1: right.
0: And so that was a bad thing for them. So they had to a jury rig or filter so they can filter that air and make it back to the earth. So it was a day-by-day thing. It was an hour-by-hour thing. And when they um, made it back, it was a, um, a celebration of uh, for the world that right. they were able to make it back. And so yep, yep. and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that it was such a traumatic thing. It's just that it had never been done before. You know, there is no rescue. There's no way of getting back. And so somehow, you know, our brilliant NASA people were able to get them back safely. And uh, I think Jim Lovell and those guys, they ended up, you know, flying again. As a matter of fact, I think Jim Lovell ended up maybe flying on one of the space shuttles uh, before he retired from from NASA. and that yeah. those that was what I remember from back then. Yeah. it was It was yeah. on every television. It was on yeah. it wasn't twenty four hour TV at the time, yeah. but from seven o'clock in the morning to eleven o'clock at night, you know, there were special things going on, special programs, and they would break right. in and so on.
1: Right. Right, yeah, I, I I think it was uh, uh, Fred Hayes who, after this particular mission, I think he flew on the shuttle. He he okay. was the shuttle. But Jim Lovell, I think this this was his last flight.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Swigert, uh, I can't remember him, but I think Fred Hayes uh, did um, did uh, get into the shuttle program and and flew one of the shuttle missions. So yeah. But it was it was uh, very dramatic. And uh, in my travels, you know, since I travel around a bit several years ago, I was on business in Houston and went over to the um, the Space Center at Houston. Mm-hmm. Actually have a mock up of that mission control uh, that supported Apollo 13 exactly like it was on that day. Uh, and it was it was really awesome to see that. So, yeah, it was really yep. awesome to see that.
0: And, and you know what, Wayne, the other thing that's surprising is that. The computers that they use to send man to the moon is slower than the phones that we have today. We have more memory. (laughs) We have more computing power in the phones that we have right now than NASA had that sent man to the moon.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: More power in, in our hand that they had to send, you know, one of those Saturn V rockets I mean, it's 300 feet high yep. and it had yep. huge engines on it. Not like today. I mean, uh, probably 2005, maybe 2003, or th- either 2003 or 2005. Uh, we were coming back from Florida on a cruise and uh, we stayed in Maryland, Florida, which is right outside of Cape Kennedy. Yep. And we stayed an extra day just to watch the space shuttle go up. Yep, you know, yep. growing growing up, I always, that was on my bucket list. I always wanted to see one of those things go up, you know, because we watched it on TV and, you know, you see yeah. how that, how it goes. And so we hung around um, Cape Canaveral for an extra day and watched the space shuttle go up. Man, it was, to me, I was like a little kid again. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And we were probably 10 miles away from the launch site itself, you know. And we couldn't even see the space shuttle. But um it's almost like when we saw it it's like it just popped up over the top of a over the trees. Yeah. There's a building there. It just like popped up and then suddenly it was gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. growing up with the Saturn V it's like it, like it took it forever to get there, you know, into sure. space. And I bet you, fifteen minutes later, that this thing popped up and in thirty seconds. It was completely out of sight; wow. couldn't see it. Wow. Probably fifteen to twenty minutes later, you could hear their communications, and hell, they were over Spain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know i'm like damn they're over spain <laughs> 15 minutes later yeah, you know so yeah. yeah that was that was another one of those things that was very exciting the fact that we actually witnessed uh a space shuttle takeoff. and i've got some pictures yeah. somewhere i have no idea where they are yeah but i've got some great pictures of that thing taking off man and so yeah it goes back to the 50th anniversary yeah. uh the recovery mission of the uh Apollo thirteen. Yeah. Great, yep. great, great, great event.
1: Great event. Yeah. I uh I I was down I've been down to the Cape a few times for a couple of launches of some Atlas, uh Atlas launches, some Delta launches. And if you get a chance, the if you ever get a chance to go to Huntsville, Alabama, uh they have a uh space uh, museum down there. Right. Uh, right next to Redstone Arsenal, um, the big uh, army base. It's it's a huge army and uh, facility down there. But they have a Saturn V rocket on display down there. And you're right, this thing is huge. It <laughs> yeah. is huge. I, I mean, you're looking. I mean, you're looking up, and you're like, oh my god. I mean, this thing is huge. It is huge, man. But uh, that just, you know, the technology and the, uh, you know, what, what we had at our disposal at that time, man, to, uh, to send people to the moon. And like you say, you mentioned a lot of those people that you remember, Gus Grissom and John Glenn and Alan Shepard. that that's, we grew up on that. Oh, yeah. We grew up on watching those folks uh, from our classrooms at Morningside Elementary, Valley View, T.K. Stone, whatever. We we watch those folks. So want to want to give a shout out to that to to the space program as a whole. Uh, I know we've been talking, or the the country's been talking about reviving the space program, uh, going back to the moon, going to Mars. So we'll see what happens, but. Uh, the golden age of space travel was, I think, during the time uh, we were kids. The Apollo, the Mercury, the Gemini missions—fantastic uh, time to to be a kid to see a lot of those things.
0: So. Right, right. And it wasn't a, it wasn't as routine as it is now either. No. So. <laughs> no. And, and and besides, you know, there wasn't a thousand uh, channels to watch on TV. Absolutely. Uh, there wasn't Netflix or Hulu or <laughs> uh, you know all that stuff that that can distract distract us so you know we had three channels abc nbc and uh, cbs that was it
1: that was it
0: you know and so whatever it was on there there was no choices we just watched it
1: that's right no choice yeah simple life so pretty Simple simple life pretty simple
0: yep yep so
1: um Segwaying into our next topic, and uh, I'm going to let you start this one because uh, I, I know you're, you're, in the, you're in a car club and you've done some attendance at some races and whatnot. And I think it was a week or so ago, big hoopla, uh, because a NASCAR driver, I, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, Kyle. Uh, Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. Yep. Kyle Larson uh, was heard uh utilizing the n-word and uh because of that uh nascar basically fired him and so i'll let you kick this off because uh you again you've you've been to a lot of nascar races you're in a car club what what's your take on um the issue surrounding this particular uh issue
0: all right uh yeah cool cool yeah well let me tell you this uh Kyle Larson, let us know who Kyle Larson was when he when he made that statement. And the the premise behind it is that, seeing that you know NASCAR is not really racing, there's not any really racing going on. They have a lot of virtual uh, racing going on, virtual racing going on. And so, he was with he was um, racing probably four or five other people uh at the same time and um he was uh you know with today's uh podcasts and so on not podcasts but um with today's Xbox and uh those type of machines, you know, you can communicate with people directly. Mm-hmm. And so he was in this race with four or five other people and the guy that he was talk supposed to be talking to couldn't hear him. And so since he couldn't hear him, he said, hey, you know, hey, hey. And he wasn't hearing him. So then he threw out the N-word, just, just boom. Mm-hmm. And that kind of lets you know who this person is, is that if if somebody is not there, that can hear you you use that term right know? and regardless of whether he, his parents taught him how to do that now here's the other odd thing he's 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 mixed race mm-hmm. he's he's part japanese part american so you know that's no excuse right right so so therefore he was thinking that he couldn't hear me, so I'm just going to... So the first thing that came out of his mind was that just came out of his mouth. So that lets you know that, you know, he's been used to that word. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so when he said it, there were some other NASCAR or other people on him, uh, on the uh, same circuit, racing him, that went, "Uh uh-oh. I mean... (laughs) They said one guy said uh, Kyle, you're talking to everybody, Bud, because he think he was just talking to just a few people. Well, this was all over the, the internet. Wow. Yeah. The other guy, the other guy goes, Yep, we heard that. Another guy said, Yikes, <laughs> and then a fourth guy said, Oh damn, he did not say that. Yeah, bad.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. So. He I mean, he didn't know that he was broadcasting that all this live, but it lets you know this is what's in his spirit. Right, right. Okay. Now, right. to be honest, and I I I was um, you know, I've always been a NASCAR fan, an IndyCar fan, anything that has four wheels and goes fast, <laughs> you know, I'm a all part of it. If it's got two wheels and it goes fast, if it's got an engine, I'm I'm all part of it. And so NASCAR, um, uh, Chip Ganassi, who was the car owner for his NASCAR team, fired him. NASCAR let him go. And the the thing is, Wayne, is that NASCAR is trying to get past that good old boy stage. Yep, yep. You know? They're they're trying. They're making an effort to get past that, but there are some people out there that don't want to get past it. Yeah. You know, it, it's out there. You know, and 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 we as black folks as well, you know, we see, you know, race car driving and going to, attending races and stuff like that is something that we shouldn't do. You know, because who goes out there? I mean, who goes out there? Well, hell, I've always gone out there. Right, and right. so two years ago, I went to the Daytona 500. And um, in the, in that, those four days I was down at Daytona, hell, I had a great time, man. You know, I was telling uh, somebody, could have been you, I was telling Alex, I said, the whole time I was down there, I said, at the racetrack, You know, I did not see one Confederate flag. Not Hmm. one. Now, normally when you think about South and NASCAR and stuff like that, you see Confederate flags. Yes, you do. But at the the facilities itself, there was not one Confederate flag that I saw flying at NASCAR. Hmm. Okay, not one. And so, Getting back to Kyle Larson, you know there's there's a a a black driver there. His name is Daryl Wallace. They call him Bubba. Bubba Wallace. Okay, okay. So last year or two years ago, maybe three years ago, Bubba Wallace finished second in the Daytona 500. Wow. Finished second and and could have won it. Wow. Right. And so he ends up talking to Kyle Larson and they have a conversation and Bubba Wallace jumps his ass, you know, and it it explains to him, this is what that word means and you shouldn't say it. And he went on and said that, you know, NASCAR is trying to, they're trying to do the best thing for, um, everybody. I mean, they've got a minorities type, or. um, uh, integration into the sport they have smaller races that they bring these guys in and they start to let them race at the lower levels and then they work their way up to getting a ride in nascar right. and so they're yep. they're trying to they're trying to do what's right to attract more people to the race
1: right, right, you
0: know? right so when i was down there i had no issues no problems or anything as a matter of fact Hell, the Daytona 500, the track itself is better than the Indy 500. I mean, it's super clean. I mean, what you see on the track, you know, you see stuff in the grass and painted stuff. Right, you know, right. I always thought that the, this grass was painted, different color grasses. It's not painted. It's real grass. Hmm. There is not a there was not a loose piece of grass out there grass clippings or anything like that. So what you saw was they actually took different specific grass types and created these different pictures and so on. But it's real grass. And so I had I had a heck of a time. I didn't have a problem with it. Now back to the word. We, to we, we, we've mentioned this before. Okay. Words should not be used, period. You know, you know, we'll use it Rappers use it, and I still say to this day, you know, there's so much hate, venom file that goes along with that. The history behind that word is all negative. And he should have known better. He yep. should have known better. And so NASCAR took swift punitive of action, and I think he's probably going to get his ride back someday, but um, he's he's learned that you know this is nothing to be played with right right you know? so what i mean what are your thoughts i mean i could go oh. on and on with
1: yeah well with when, you know when i heard it i was i was like uh, and 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 it, it was it was with such the, it was the ease in which he said it yeah and it's sort of like okay you you're not a, you're not a you know somebody who doesn't know what this word means and um And we talked about this on one of the earlier uh, podcasts. We, as black folks, we have opened the door so people feel as though now, ain't no biggie if I use that word, because we've opened the door for it. And, um, you know, we're from the generation that, you know, we, we necessarily didn't use that word. I don't use the word now. Uh, I don't call any of my friends that I hang out with. I I don't. I don't. I don't call them. You know, and I'm just. I I don't call my friends. You know, nigga, this and nigga. I don't do that. It's like, hey man, what's going on? What's up, bro? What's like that type thing. So, we have opened the door to a to people thinking that they can use that word. And I remember years ago, they had a ceremony. I think Al Sharpton was in the ceremony and a few other people. They supposedly buried the Mm N-word, you know, but the N-word has resurrected itself. And uh, people feel as though now they have carte blanche to use that word because we've made it sort of like the norm. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, in my opinion, we can't get mad about it. Because we've we we opened that door, and yeah, when we condone door, it. Yeah, when you open a door wide enough, people will walk in. And yeah. so, the rappers, um, anybody else that's using that word, whether it's a as a term of or whatever. Why do you have to use the word? I mean, you you can find some of the word in your vocabulary to use to address your friend or your homie or whatever instead of that word. But uh, I I just. You know, he knew better because he, he's not some young kid running around that doesn't know. He knew and it was uh with the the ease that he used it is like, okay, all right. But he got his punishment. Uh but we need to somehow we need to stop using that word. Yeah. And uh and maybe one day it will cease to exist in the lexicon of people, but uh, we we can't complain because we open the door and, and people and we open are open the man. door for it. Yeah, yeah.
0: and here's the other thing that goes along with that, Wayne, is that you know, um when it when it happened, Alex and I were, you know, we have a conversation once or twice a week or something like that. And um you know, he he said mentioned something about it and I went, Yep. Sure did. He goes, did you hear about the Kyle Larson NASCAR using the N-word? I said, yep. And um, he goes, yeah, I, I heard it. And he said, I heard it. And he goes, well, he goes, that's not good. That's that's not good at all. That's pretty bad. And he goes, well, did he, did he use the A or did he use the... I went, and before he finished texting, I said, nope. He used the E-R. He went, I was going to give him a pass until I heard that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, his generation, our kids' generation, you know, they've heard that, you know, as a term of endearment more. Yeah. But when you use the hard N-R and the E-R yeah. with that, man, there's no excuse for that. None. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's hardcore. That's, that's coming, that's coming from within your soul right, right there.
1: right, right. You right. know. So, but yeah, he,
0: he's, uh, um, he's going to learn, you know, he's going to learn. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe he'll get back in his good grace. And like I said, Bubba Wallace talked to him and they, he had a specific conversation with him and told him that these are the do's and don'ts. And, you know, I'm the only black NASCAR driver that's there, but looking at NASCAR, they have uh promoters that are black, they have uh people that are on each team. They have one black girl, black lady that's on a tire changing team yeah. that's at NASCAR. And so they have it. It's just that, you know, now's not a time to, to come out with with that. And so he right he's 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 learned a lesson, I hope. All
1: right, right. And, and and as we get more and more into spaces where we are not normally seen um the use of that word we just need to we just need to get rid of it if, right. if we need to have another ceremony we need to have another funeral ceremony and bury it again then maybe that's what we need to do but this word causes Good luck
0: with that brother yeah well
1: as jesse says keep hope alive man you know keep hope alive yeah. but uh i mean at some point um we we have to clean up our own mess and this is mess that we've created, and you know when when someone who is not us says that word, oh man, all hell breaks loose. But like I said, we've opened that door, and yeah. uh, it's like you know it's it's Pandora's box. You can't you can't close it now. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure what the end game is going to be again. You know, um, this generation they look at it differently. Whereas whether you use an a or use an er. It's an offensive word. And it it was a word created to um, degenerate people, make people feel less than. So why do we want to call each other that word and uh, and keep this going? And then other people feel, hey, you know, you use it. I can use it. And, you know, it is free speech. So you know you got First Amendment stuff going on in there and whatnot. So I, I don't know, but I, I wish we could just put an end to that word altogether. Yeah,
0: back in the day, is free speech means a free ass whooping, right? <laughs> For us, right? You right. Know, yeah, right. you because can say it if you can say it if you want, right? But you gonna get you gonna get some footsies, <laughs> right?
1: And it, and it was a different environment then because yeah. you you do the, the rappers weren't calling each other out of their name. They weren't calling people bitches and hoes it was a different type of rap music right and a lot of what we're dealing with now was not in hip-hop or rap music at the time so um you know i i again we we need to get rid of that word altogether whether it's with an a or whether it's with, with it's ugh, whether it's with an a or an er we need to get rid of it there are other words we can use in the uh in our vocabulary to uh as a term of affection for each other and um those words are perfectly great. They don't offend anybody and we can still get our message across. So yes, sir. Uh, and we'll we'll leave that at that. We'll leave that there. You know, and leave it at that.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. All right. And let's see. Let's go with the la- the the next thing here is that you know, we've been on lockdown <laughs> with this coronavirus for a few weeks now. And man, I tell you what, I, I rarely Ever been bored? I always find something to do, whether it's washing cars or cutting grass or just being out doing stuff. Well, a few days ago, I was bored. No, nothing to do. I was sitting, I just sat out on the back deck and just kind of looked around and went, Damn, I'm bored. <laughs> I had never been bored before. Now I know what boredom's like. Wow. <laughs> but there is a movement of sorts that's a backlash to the different states uh, stay in or shelter in or whatever we want to call it about staying at home and not getting in contact with people so that we don't pass this virus from person to person. And so... Under the leadership of the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, who is out tweeting stuff to people because he's hell bent on getting the economy back flowing before this virus has been really eliminated or curtailed. curtailed quite a bit in our society. So there's this, there are people that are going to different state capitals and, and here in Indianapolis, they're going to the governor's mansion and people are protesting, you know, not being able to work and so on. So this is a, a, an anti-shelter-in uh, movement you know, which people are, you know, being stupid. I mean, I think last week we talked or two weeks ago, we talked about the governor of Wisconsin, basically saying that we want people to go out and vote, even though this virus is out there, because they wouldn't let, let um certain um, election hadn't happened yet. So they went out and vote and we don't know what's going to happen with those people. So here's the same thing is that people are out protesting uh, the stay in shelter. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? And let's get a little dialogue going here.
1: It's stupid, man. It's, it's people are just, you know, I, I'm not sure what they're thinking about. Well, they're thinking about themselves. They, they're, they're, they can say whatever they want, but they're thinking about themselves and don't, you know, either they don't realize or they're just stupid. The fact that, OK, you're out there, you and your your cronies are out there, you're six or seven, you know, or more than that, congregating, protesting with signs. People got guns. Now, I'm not sure what the guns. Are.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are the guns for? You
1: know, what are the guns for? You're going to shoot the virus or what? I mean, I'm not sure what the guns are for, but uh, you're congregating and protesting. So you pick up this virus. You may be a carrier. Now you're going to give it to other people. They're going to spread it to other people. And any attempt that was going to be possibly be made to restore the economy, you've jeopardized that because you're out there, you know, continuing the spread. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and it's 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 callous that we have a leader who is spurring people on to go against the um, directives that the governor of the state has put down. You know, it, it's it's cowardly for for him to do that.
0: Well, but, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, no, go ahead. the The other thing is that there's this group of supporters of the current occupant that is now kind of spearheading this. You know, uh, some uh, I can't think of his name. His name is uh, S- Stephen Moore. Yep, yep. And him and there's a a bunch of money people that are paying people or pushing people to go out and do these things, yep, yep. you know, and, you know, go to wherever and, 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 and stop this from happening. Well, Congress has passed legislation that has given people 1200 bucks that are trying to do stuff with small businesses. You know, let's, let's stay sheltered in, let's get past this. And then, you know, you can draw unemployment, you know, 600 bucks a week. As long as you're unemployed, there was no limit, you know. So, I mean, 600 bucks a week, you add that up, you know, 600, that's 1,200 bucks. A, I mean, 2,400 bucks a month. Yeah. So you should be able to kind of survive on that. And these people are out saying that we need our jobs. Well, if you need your jobs and you go out and protest and they open things up, I, I'm not gonna go t- out there and be involved with a whole bunch of people. Right. So you're right. still gonna lose you're still gonna end up losing out. Right, right. It's just the fact that they're trying to use this as a means to pumping up their their cronies, as you mentioned. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and here's the other thing that, that's that really got me, Wayne, is that this Stephen Moore said said this. This is a Rosa Parks moment. (laughs) Can you believe that shit? My
1: gosh.
0: Civil disobedience. This is a Rosa Parks moment. We're going to get on these buses and we're going to go down there. And first of all, you idiot. These people, these people have jobs already. Rosa Parks was just getting, trying to get the opportunity to sit on the bus.
1: Right, right you know, There's
0: no, there's no comparison. You you shouldn't even Rosa Parks should jump up and kick him in his.
1: Yep. She should arise from the dead and kick him right in his, his behind because (laughs) you know that the, what, what Rosa Parks did was, you know, I'm, I'm out here trying to be treated like a, a citizen. I'm supposed to be a citizen of this country, but you treat me as though I don't matter. So, you know what? I got a right to sit on this bus. I pay taxes. Uh, you know, the the two have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. These people are, they're, they're, they're violating uh, the decree that the governor of the state uh, has put out. And they're being incited. People can try to skirt it all they want to. But the current occupant is inciting these people to civil unrest. I mean, that's what it comes. It's civil unrest.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, you know, I, I hope that nothing backfires on these people, but I'm not holding out because you've got so many people out there in crowds, and they're they're elbow to elbow with each other. And my thing is, what I told my wife tonight is like, okay, the, I think they interviewed somebody in Pennsylvania. They were protesting, and the reporter asked him, "You know, well, what are you have here for?" But he's got on a
0: mask. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. Got
1: on a mask. <laughs> oh. If you're not concerned about this, and it's a hoax, and it's something that's made up, what you got on a damn mask for? Yeah, you know these people are stupid, man, and they show their ignorance every time one of the reporters interviews these idiots. They show how stupid they really are, and so I hope it doesn't backfire on them. I hope that no other cases uh, crop up. No one has to die from this. But this this is something that's lethal, man, and until we know. Because testing is inadequate. Right. And until we know, even if things do open up, I've already said it. I'm not going nowhere. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about you. Or you know anything about me. Right. So people are, are rightly going to be scared, even though these are gonna, they're going to try to rush and open things up. People are going to be scared because we can't we don't have an adequate testing program. Right. Right. And well, so. Who- oh, go ahead.
0: Here's 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 something that I, I came across today that there's a guy over in Ohio in the Columbus area who was going against the governor's idea of sheltering in it. And Ohio was other than New York, Ohio really jumped in and said that we need to slow this virus down, you know, quicker than others. Ohio, uh Washington, California. Yep. yep. There's a guy that that uh, that that tweeted on Facebook. I'm not going to put his name out there, but he's I'm going to read what you said, what he said, says, if I'm if what I'm hearing is true, that the wine has ordered all bars and restaurants to be closed. I say bullshit. He doesn't have the authority. If you're paranoid about getting sick, just don't go out it shouldn't keep those of us from living our lives the madness has to stop that was oh. March the 15th on April the 15th this guy died from coronavirus
1: hey you know it's unfortunate
0: that's a, a month later
1: month later you're you're gone but but it's 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 bullshit <laughs> but you're dead now
0: yeah you it, know it's sad it is, you it's know, like, and and he's one of those guys that says, you know, it's all made up. You know, yeah. we got ha- we can't lock us down. You can't force us to do what we need to do. Uh, you know, um, you know, we want choice. Yeah, I've, I've seen some signs out there. People were saying that especially la- <laughs> especially ladies are carrying signs that says, I want my choice. you know, there are people that are pro-choice and there's people that are pro-life. And right. so they're pro-life when it comes to one thing and pro-choice when it comes to getting, right. their, <laughs> getting their job. Right. You know, it's it's craziness, man. It is. You know, pure. I just, I really just hope that it doesn't backfire, you know, but if these people that are, these governors that are opening up things, you know, the beaches and so on. If within the next few weeks, if there's spikes, they yep. go up, then you know that, you know, you got to track those people down. That's right. And and the other thing is that, you know, the current occupant, he is he is not doing his job. He does not give a crap about the American people. He's only looking out for himself.
1: No. Nope. And, and he's you know, he he's he, if if this does blow up. Because they're opening up things so fast. You know, he's already laid the groundwork. Well, you can't blame me because he's going to lay it right at the feet of the governors. They they wanted things opened up because he is a coward. We've, we've, We've said that time and time again. This dude is a coward of the highest level, you know, and he will try to blame anybody. But where the buck should stop, it stops with him. But he is going to always finagle away that he can blame somebody else because he's too cowardly to stand up and accept responsibility as the president of the United States of America. Um, he's only concerned about himself and, and the fact that he has to look good. Uh, so who can I blame for, for this? And then what he's setting it up for, he's, if it, if it does go awry, then he can blame the governor. See, they wanted their opening back up, you know, knowing good and well, Dude, you're out here instigating people, inciting people, uh, because you're caring about yourself and your numbers and, and all this crap. So, uh, again, I hope it doesn't blow up, but uh, this we're far from over with this, far from over. Right. So, uh, I, I just hope it it it, it doesn't uh, you know turn bad. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know they they have to have a boogeyman
1: yep absolutely
0: you know it's almost impossible for them to get anything done unless they have to have somebody to blame or some excuse to justify what they want right you know i think that's the sad part about the whole thing is that you know who can be the boogeyman today we have to be mad at We have to be mad at somebody or something. Right,
1: right.
0: That's the only thing that drives them.
1: Yep. We have to
0: be mad at somebody or something.
1: Right. Instead of looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I'm in charge. So you you can't be in charge when it's all good. You got to be in charge when things go bad, too. But that's because he has he, he can't do that because he doesn't have a leadership bone in his body. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, so he's a, he's just an empty suit masquerading as as the, the leader of the free world. So, uh, again, we pray that nothing happens, uh, that this thing doesn't spark up again. Uh, I think, you know, the social social distancing is working. People have it's been proven that it's working. But here we are, we, we, we can't, we can't, uh, we're impatient, man. We're impatient. Yeah, right. And, uh, I think it's, it's going to come back to bite us. So, uh, again, shout out to everybody that's, uh, on the front lines, the doctors, the nurses, first responders, uh, folks working in the nursing homes. Um, everybody's out there that's on the front line, uh, fighting this fight. Military's getting involved now. national guard troops, active duty, Uh, They're involved. So they're the ones who are out there day to day fighting the battle, putting up, uh, you know, putting themselves on the line to uh, to save other people. So that is the highest level of heroism, if you ask me.
0: Right. Right. So we must continue on and we must continue to uh, do the right things, even even if you're protecting yourself. By wearing a mask and so on, by right, by right. doing that, we're showing examples of what we can do, and then maybe somebody else uh, will say, "Hey, you know, maybe if I'm out at the grocery store, if I have to make a quick stop here, maybe I should put the gloves and the mask on, right, right. because you know, you don't know it's it's airborne. Right. You never know who somebody's going to walk by and you know say hello to you and." Okay they can take you out of this. That's right, man. You know, and and I have noticed, I went over to Costco's last week and there was a bunch of people not wearing masks. And I was telling Lynn, I was saying, you know what, there's something, I looked at these, I looked at these people and I shouldn't do this, but I generalize and say, these people aren't wearing masks because Two reasons. Number one, they feel that they're not going to get sick. Or number two, they're following the lead of the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Right, right. There's no other reasons to me. So therefore, you know, they're being stubborn and hopefully they don't come down and don't pass that stuff on to you know, their relatives or or friends. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right, brother. This has uh, been an interesting little discussion tonight. You know, you don't know where we're going to go. Sometimes we get sidetracked or whatnot, but I think that we had three different topics that we covered pretty well. And as we uh, move forward, we're going to Continue to find some things to talk about, you know, two small town guys.
1: Indeed, indeed. I got a little little choked up here, man. Something swallowed something in my throat. (laughs) Man, so, yeah, good, good discussion tonight. And uh, I think we, you know, hit the three topics. And uh, again, we're always open to, excuse me, always open to, uh, you know, any comments people may have. Maybe you have a topic you want us to chat about. Uh, let us know. Hit us up on the Facebook page, whatnot, and we'll be here, you know, discussing, uh, you know, things of interest. To uh, again, we're two small town guys from Etown, Kentucky. So, and we uh, we both live on opposite sides of the track. So,
0: all and right now we live on opposite sides of the country, but exactly. we come we come to you on a weekly basis or whenever we get a chance to. Uh, me sit in my closet, you sit in your basement, and we have yeah. a conversation, and we we uh, move move forward. That's it. That is it. That is <laughs> well, me. all right then, brother. All right, my friend. Good. So yes. we're gonna we're gonna sign off on this uh, week's episode of Across the Tracks podcast, and we would hope that you, our audience would uh, share this information or share our podcast or, or just mention it to somebody that, you know, if you want, you have something, nothing to do during this time of the coronavirus and you're looking for something that may be uh, interesting to you, check us out at Across the Checks. Absolutely. All right. We're out. We're out of here. Chiliamo dopo.
1: Adios.